Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. Tonight, we are back for another big episode of the Destiny Show Podcast with the one, the only, he is the Bungie.net Ninja. He is a Brazilian content creator. He is a Vanguard member and the one and only Mr. Vanguard BR. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show. And it is such a great pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Pleasure is mine. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you. And we're going to get to know you a little bit better tonight on the show. We have a lot of things to talk about in the world of Destiny and the world of video games, too. We have a lot of gaming stuff happening, too. I know that uh, Microsoft had a pretty big release just recently with Forza Horizon 5. I know that I actually have been playing Forza, and I know Shadow Price did dabble just a little bit. Um, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on, on the game, Shadow Price? Yeah, the game is gorgeous. Like, it looks really good on my OLED uh, C1 65-inch TV, too. Like, man, it's just real smooth, like, photorealistic. Everything, it just feels really nice. Like, it's really well, well-developed game. I can only imagine how awesome it would look on the OLED from LG. Mm-hmm. And Vanguard BR, have you played any of the new Forza game? Oh, I'm a, I'm more a Sony guy. You're more of a Sony guy, okay. I, I have an Xbox. Uh, I have an old Xbox that I... It is, it, it is a funny story. I, I've never played Halo in my life. Okay. No, no, now I, I have... I, I, I had played but when I became a, a ninja, one of the other mentors gave me an Xbox to play Halo because what? I never had played. So she sent me from the, the USA, she sent me an Xbox special edition of, uh, of Halo 4 with one control and Halo 1 to 4 to play. And that, that's, that's how I entered the Halo universe. That's amazing. That's my and contact with Microsoft and Xbox. Okay. Did you ever get a chance to play Reach? Did you play Reach at all? Yeah, and I cried every time. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm very emotional when I play games, and Halo Reach, it's, it's 
in my opinion, it's an it's one of the Bungie's masterpiece in terms of narrative. Yeah, and like, I, love... I, I I cry a lot, dude. For Christ's sake, I cry a lot when I play that game. I I played uh, I think two weeks ago on my live stream, and I cried in front of my audience when <laughs> I finished Aww. the game. And I I was playing through the Master Chief collection. Master Chief collection. That's the name. Yep, yep, the Master Chief Collection. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. A friend of mine gave me as a gift, and I, I'm playing Halo every Sunday. Uh, Reach was the first. I'm now playing Halo CE. And okay. I think I will finish the, the Halo 1 in, uh, next Sunday, and then I will start Halo 2. That is one of my favorites. But that's my oh. that's my approach of Microsoft and Xbox. I never I have never never played a Forza game, but I I know that it's an amazing franchise, amazing games, and a very well well done game. Yeah, and and like for me personally, I'm not really into racing games, so it was really interesting yeah, me for too. me to pick it up because it was on Game Pass. I have an Xbox Series X. It was uh -huh. available on launch day, so naturally it made sense to check it out. But after I started playing it, there were elements of um, RPG and just very untraditional elements that you would expect from a racing game that made the game actually really fun and really um, enjoyable. So definitely shout-outs to the team responsible for the Forza franchise. Great, great job with that. Yeah. And uh of course we do have a few more things. Shadow Price is almost done with Metroid. He almost beat the game. So we're gonna get more information about that next week, probably. Now, so far, Shadow Price, did the game meet your expectations? Metroid Dread? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic game. It's very difficult though. So that's one thing you gotta think about when you're playing it. <laughs> you, will, you will die a lot it's just it, it's one of those games like you gotta like learn it's like it's got a learning curve to it. i lasted like, for two hours you know and then i and, I, I, I mean i'm gonna go back to it but i i decided i'm gonna beat pokemon and and get ready for the next pokemon game yeah like the just the mechanics and the fluidity of samus is just is, is outstanding the controls could be a little better but that's uh that's my only nitpick probably about it i would say and what what else is happening in the world of video games well we uh you got the pokemon game coming out next week right yeah the pokemon game's coming out yeah that's going to be really exciting the brand yeah. new pokemon game it's a remake not not brand new kind of kind of brand new but uh Definitely first time on the Nintendo Switch. Now, Vanguard VR, I'm curious, are you a Nintendo fan? Yeah. Yeah. I've awesome. had a, 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 a NES, a SNES, a Super Nintendo. Uh, interesting thing. You've talked about Metroid Dread, and I play, I've played my first Metroid last week. It was Metroid Zero. Oh, Metroid yeah. Zero Mission. Okay. Yeah, zero mission. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the mission. And 
it, it was a recommendation of a friend of mine and I, I, he, he wanted to laugh watching me playing because uh, there is a, a special phase that didn't exist in the original Metroid when Samus is without her armor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, a, a zero suit Samus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that phase I I I I can't I can't explain what I what I was feeling in that phase. It seems that I was at a comedy movie running from the villain all the time without <laughs> without without killing anyone because I couldn't kill kill anyone without the suit. But it was an incredible experience. I, I've loved the game. I've never played a, a Metroid. It was my first one, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a really good version of that game because what it is is it's it's a remake of the of the yeah. first Metroid. Yeah. But but it fixes a lot of the issues that the first Metroid have. Like you you didn't have a map in the first game, so it's a really hard game. It was the first Metroid. So this. You know, this kind of alleviates some of that pain, like you have it a map so you can see where you're going. Yeah, when I finished the Metroid Zero mission, you can play the NES version of Metroid One, and I played like five minutes, and nope, <laughs> yep, nope, nope. Yeah, I try going back every now and then. I get a little further each time. Eventually, I will beat that game. It's really, it's again, Metroid's known for its difficulty. The easiest one is probably Super Metroid. And it's still my favorite one. Like, I mean, I still haven't finished Dread, but I I love Super Metroid. That game is just it's it's a masterpiece. So if you ever get a chance to play that too, Super Metroid is amazing. I played Super Metroid, I think only fifteen minutes in, uh, to to help a friend of mine. And, oh, I'm I'm going to take care of something of something here. Can you play this phase for me? Okay. I died a lot and passed the control back to him when he came back. Yeah, but it's well, it's but a beautiful you, game and yeah. the, the the controls feel feels very nice. And yeah, and I I'm looking forward to play it again. Nice. Yeah, I really want to go back and play Metroid now, and especially on the new Switch OLED. That's gonna be really really enjoying to play because I think they did a really good job with the art style with just the visuals in that game. And I'm sure on an OLED screen, it's going to really pop with the colors and the art. So definitely excited to jump back into it. And uh, I know we had another another thing that came out last week after the, the, the podcast that we did. And that is the Halo Infinite Collector's Edition that Shadow Price was lucky enough to pick up. They have a special edition of the game from walmart and it comes with a energy sword and several other goodies like an art book and uh, a few other things including a steelbook case yeah so, it just popped out of nowhere like <laughs> so, yeah yeah that's gonna be exciting to uh to see what that's uh, all uh about now i haven't picked up a copy of that but i know shadow price did secure his copy so that's going to be really exciting to get your feedback on that and i know that halo infinite is coming 
next month we don't have a whole lot more time to wait for the new halo game and also we're getting a battle pass with the next halo game so if you're into pvp uh xbox and microsoft did come out and announce a battle pass for the new halo infinite game and it's going to be 9.99 and it's going to be a seasonal thing that you purchase so i would imagine four times a year uh so we'll have to see what that all um ends up being um and of course we have mr vanguard br we're gonna put the vanguard br on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the guardians oh the vanguard br i hope you're ready let's go all right so the first question we got for you is how'd you get started in destiny as a gamer yeah back in 2014 i think uh, if uh, one one of my best friends named Marcelo, he he talked about Destiny to me. Oh, it's a new game. You have ships, and it's a space shooter, and everything. You and I, yeah, meh. I I I I I was very. I really don't like. Didn't like. FPS games, but I started to to like when I played back there. I played Unreal, Doom, and then I stopped the like again. And then Destiny came into my life. <laughs> he said, "He said, download the demo. You can play until level seven. Okay, let's do this." And I've played. I think. 12 hours straight in the first in the first day and i became addicted instantly <laughs> and then i i've bought the game the i i i've bought the game in my ps3 at the time i didn't have a ps there is an interesting story about it. my ps4 i'm gonna tell you guys I had a PS3 and then I started playing Destiny 1 on my PS3. And then I started to produce content to my community because of the game. I, I've liked so much of the game. And then I decided to start producing content to my community here in Brazil. There wasn't so many content creators here in Brazil back in 2014, 2015. And I decided to start that. And then when Bungie announced the Rise of Iron and the PS3 slash Xbox 360. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they said that it wasn't coming. Yeah, to those. yeah, Rise of Iron wasn't coming to those consoles. And then mm -hmm. I said to my community, sorry, I can't continue producing content like i do now and then the community joined forces and gave me a ps4 ps4 oh wow that's awesome they bought it for me that's really cool and that's i so cried cool. again <laughs> <laughs> i cry a lot and then yeah. i i was invited by bungie to become a moderator because i 
I was always contributing with translations, uh, translation errors and uh, helping players at the forum, even not being a moderator yet. And then one, one person of the localization team for Brazilian Portuguese reached me and invited me to be a moderator. And after him, Cosmo came and said the same thing. Do you want to become a moderator? Do you wish to become a moderator? We don't have any Brazilian moderators at our forums. And then I, I accepted. That awesome. was at 2015, uh, 16. I, I, I think it was 15. And then I'm, I'm there. I'm still there. The team is amazing. We have a lot of good moderators and I, my, my passion about Destiny only, only grows every day. I love this game, this universe, the narrative. The team behind it, it's a, a group of great human beings, great persons, great talents, and the story that begins in 2014 persists until now, and I think it will persist for a lot of years to come. So awesome that you were just invited to be a moderator after all the hard work that you contributed to the community and the efforts that you put forth. And you're living proof, being a moderator on the team. Now I'm curious, what exactly does a moderator do for anyone who does not know what is a moderator or what is a forum exactly in Destiny even? Right, we don't, first of all, everyone asks me, uh, asks me about that. I don't have any power inside the game. We don't have any power inside the game. I can't. You, mean you can't I, make I, the Gallarhorn come back sooner? Yeah. Are you sure? I, I think, I think I can do that. Can you, can wait, you tell us Wait until de December 7th and <laughs> we can talk again. Okay. Are we getting Icebreaker back? <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. Um, I can't. I can't talk a lot about that because of some legal reasons. But what I can say is that, as I said before, we have two types of moderation: one that enforces the code of the code of conduct, Bungie's enforces at his at, at his, its forum, and the other moderators that are the mentors. They guide the players through the the solution of their problems if you are with a problem oh my destiny two files are corrupted what can i do to solve that the mentor will help you if you are being harassed uh, at the forum the ninja will help you if you saw a clan with a bad name you report to a ninja and then he can escalate that. Just for clarification, we don't have the same the same powers of a bounch employee. Makes sense. We help You're not as much as uh, yeah. We help as much as we can, but the final word, the final action, it's always from Bungie. Yeah. Which to avoid uh, to avoid a lot of things, avoid a lot of legal things, and 
even bad use of our tools. So we don't have so much power. So you, you help keep the peace. You, yeah, you help we, guide yeah, the guardians yeah. through different problems and questions they have if they're running into any issues. And you help make sure that there's a safe and civil environment yeah. within the Bungie forums and the Bungie community uh, exactly. at Bungie.net. Awesome. That's our mission. And I'm curious, how has your role as a moderator evolved over the years i mean you've been doing this for a while since 2015 yeah how have things changed i like to think that because we are a little more closer to them we can talk to them more frequently about things that we see at the forums that Suggestions, suggestions that we have to improve the forum, improve our tools, and they listen a lot. They talk to us a lot too. Uh, many, Aren't you listening? No. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know, right? What is that? <laughs> but we always are willing to help improve the forum, the the tools that we have, the 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 user experience inside the forum i i know that for a new player the forum could could be chaotic and not very friendly user friendly to the friendly to the user but we always give them a feedback about because we are users too from the forum but because we have a a a daily contact with them we talk with them every day and explain to them the difficulties we have could be the difficulties any other person could have too and then they take notes and they try to improve what we can do to help them at their own forum and i think past these these 6 years this, this communication improved a lot and the feedback that we receive and we gave to them also improved yeah, i think it's a it's a how can i say that it's a trade we do this job so to speak for them and they How can I say that? We do this this job to them, and they give us tools to do this job. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, sometimes we need to ask them for new tools or to improve the tools we have, so we can do a better job. Yeah, love that. That makes that makes so much sense, and it, it definitely seems on the outside that Bungie is a much more open company that they listen a lot more there's a lot more transparency and there's a lot, a lot more communication between the teams and even their community team expanding to the extent that it did i think they added at least two more people to the Bungie community team yeah we we have a lot to improve that's no no doubt about that but we have improved a lot 
since we began. You mentioned that, you know, one of the perks that you get are the tools. Now I'm wondering, what are some fun perks that you get from being a mod at Bungie? Are there any really cool things that you can oh, share? I, I get I get a a exclusive emblem. Yeah, I, that's that's a nice emblem. It's an amazing emblem. We have an emblem for for the ninjas, for the mentors, for our Twitch moderators from the Bungie channel. Okay. And that's I think we have uh I think it's four emblems. I'm, I I can't remember the fourth one, but but I, I love my ninja emblem. I use it every time. <laughs> it's an amazing uh, Except when I enter the crucible, because people like to teabag me because of my emblem. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, I, I, I take it out. So on the topic of destiny, what's your bread and butter? What's your thing to play in destiny? Oh, I, I don't know. I just want, I just like to, to log in in the game, to enter in the game. I, I think sometimes I just want to do some patrols and talk with my friends at at the voice channel but in terms of activities i miss a lot the whisper mission the oh, zero yeah. hour mission and i i love everything related to the dreamy city i i really like that place and the glycon i i presage the presage mission it's it's yeah that's I, really cool. I, I do it every week i love that mission i love that mission it's a it's a well done narrative and gameplay activity yeah and yeah, let me i don't i don't i don't like crucible a lot because i'm uh below i i'm a I'm not an average player. I'm I'm below that. And Gambit, I I don't know if I, if I can say that, but I hate Gambit. Do you do it? Do you get the pinnacles? Do you go in and get the pinnacles, and then you're like, okay, just for that, just for that, yeah. just pinnacles. <laughs> three three matches. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I really I I think Gambit it's a, it's an it's an amazing game mode, but it needs some some tweaks because the i don't know the invasion phase the amount of invasions it it's i don't know there's something broken there i i just can't stand for three matches a week yeah but I, I the thing that i love the most in the game it's the narrative the lore i i every Every Wednesday, I do a live stream just for the lore, just talking about lore, and any activity that dry, that that is lore driven, I I love, I love a lot. So I think if I could pick a top three, it's the Whisper mission that we don't have anymore, the Presage. And the last wish raid. Those are some good choices. And yeah, I think the Whisper mission is probably my favorite dungeon based like special event 
it is it is beautiful yeah everything is is special about that mission the environment the musics the the enemies you face at the end that are a a great nod to the lore from destiny one you found valustark and urzok that that hive knight at the yeah. sky I, at the sky watch yeah I know yeah that, yeah. yeah yeah one of the the final bosses from the whisper mission is the urzok valustark oh, yeah. And uh, the the fallen is a a a wolf baron from the house of wolves that we faced at Venus, I think. It oh was yeah. A very, it wasn't a very known character. Was it I, the um? Oh what oh what was his name? The Archon Priest, I think. No, I I I, I don't remember her name. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that those were um, taken versions of those. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's so interesting it's, how the lore is I always... Saw, I saw, sorry to interrupt, interrupt you. It's Dravis. Her name was Dra Dravis. Oh, Dravis. Aspect okay. of Darkness. It's gotcha. Dark, Aspect of War. Dravis, Aspect of Darkness. And Urzak, Aspect of Hate. Ah. So Dravis, it was a a baron of mm -hmm. the House of Wolves, if I can remember right. Okay, yeah, I, I know it, what you mean. And and the lore of the gun too compl uh, completes the the mission and the 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 lore of the Whisper of the Worm, talking about Zoe. I was I was going to say show. That's how we call it here in Brazil, show. Mm. But you guys, I think, call it Zoe, right? Yeah, Zoe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Whisper of the Worm tell tell uh, tell us what happened with with Zoe after we killed him at Mars. And it's 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 amazing. He even talks inside the mission. Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It does. There is no light here. Yeah, he says something like that. Drift. <laughs> uh, you shall drift. Yeah. <laughs> I think the lore in Destiny is so so cool and interesting, especially since they released the Destiny Grimoire anthologies. I think they give you so much insight into. The universe and between the videos that my name is bife comes out with and some of the other yeah. lore experts in the community it's really cool how everything is just kind of coming together especially with the witch queen and savathun and how all of the characters will play into the the story and i'm sure as someone who appreciates the lore you did watch the video trailer that came out last week for the campaign in the witch queen now i'm i'm curious what did you think of the video that we saw it's the video that shows everyone as a as a suspect. potential suspect yeah i saw mm. that 
And I don't like that. Bungie is is confusing us. They are. Yeah. But I I don't yeah, I but I don't I don't think that Ikora could be a traitor or corrupted some some way, somehow. I I don't know. I, I, I don't believe that. The crow, I think he can be influenced like he was before him when he was older and soft. But I, I, I don't know. I think Bungie is playing us. Um, Marasov, I don't don't believe too that she can betray betray us. But I think she can be deceived like us. And I, it, it's it's funny because we know how this season is going to end. We know that we lost. That Sabaton is going to to lie to us and steal the light and but we don't know how she's going to do that that's because we are playing the season of the lost to know how she will become free from her worm and take the light that's, but that's yeah I, I, that's uh, yeah but I, I i don't believe that we cannot trust Ikora, the crow, or even Marasov with her hidden goals. I, I, I don't believe that. What about someone like the Vanguard? Do you think Zavala could potentially be under some type of control that we don't there, typically see or realize? There, I mean, there was, there was a time that. There was a time then when Sabathun was watching Zavala. I think it's on the Lord tab from the Travelers Travelers Chosen. Yeah. Uh, she was watching him. Inside that that Ahamkara school, I think, above Shaks. If you go to Lord Shaks, you can see above him. A school of um, uh, I think it's in a uh, Hamkara, and Sabaton was hidden there, watching Zavala, but isn't it's not clear if she wants to corrupt him, corrupt corrupt him or taken him or influence him. She was trying to block any communications from Zavala to the Traveler, but the Traveler wasn't answering Zavala. And then she did nothing. She just watched. I think he was still mourning Kate's death at the, at the time. But Zavala could be corrupted like anyone. I just don't think he will be corrupted i doesn't seem likely i i tend to i tend to believe that th something will happen with eris or i don't know i think eris is absent from the season i th i found that very weird because she has some kind of relationship with sabathon and she said nothing since the beginning of the season and that is very strange. We yeah, know that really she's. Interesting. We know that she's she's on the moon. I we know that she's on the moon because of the lore book from the fist the the festival of the lost. Mm -hmm. 
the glint was glint was talking with her about the headless ones and she was at the moon but she knows nothing about Sabathon being under Marasov power that's that's very weird I, I, I don't know why Banshee did that it just don't fit in my head yeah that's that's definitely suspicious to say the least and then we yeah. also have you know saint 14 and everything that was happening with him uh that seemed a little bit suspicious uh and of course the drifter he was he was a character that we were always a little bit unclear about now i think he's probably neutral He's not probably on either side, I don't think. I think he might have his own agendas. I always thought about the Drifter as a survivor. He just wants to survive. He don't wants to follow anyone. He gives yeah. no... He's, he's all about self-preservation. Yeah, no. yeah. He's some yeah. kind of a human Varix. Yeah, Varix. no, that's a good way to... Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, Varix, Varix the loyal. Loyal to himself. Right. He's not loyal to the queen or to the fallen. He's loyal to himself. And I mm -hmm. always saw the drifter like that. Yeah, that's a good... Um... That's definitely a good um Especially if you read the Drifter story, you you are going to agree with me. He is very, very, very loyal to only himself. Do you but think I don't he's know gonna play do you think he's going to play a part in future story arcs that we're gonna be getting in Destiny? Or do you think his character was loosely tied into the gambit um activity and now he's kind of a sunset character largely what what are your thoughts oh i liked it that i like that sunset character um i i it, it's weird i remember that the drifter was promoted at the beyond light trailers and i was expecting much more of him at that expansion and he just appeared at a cutscene and then after the campaign he said well done just that yeah and i i don't know if something changed changed in the middle of the development for beyond light if he was going to have some more some more participation Ares same thing Ares appears at the cutscene and after the campaign well done nothing more just the exo, ex, exo stranger that helps us with some some missions we're going to find Anna Bray and uh, Clovis Big Head and he had a narrative progression, but Ares and the Drifter, nothing. And I really don't think that the Drifter will play any 
role at the Witch Queen. But Ares, I, I think that she can be used in the narrative. I can, I can almost assure you that Eris Morn will be used as a character based on the yeah. fact that the actress Morla, she has been tweeting a lot about Destiny lately. And oh, she's been I wasn't teasing, aware of that. Yeah. So she's been, she's been teasing things loosely, you know, without spoiling anything that she has been working on something. Mm-hmm. So if she's working on Destiny, that means that the, Eris Morin character will be at the very least playing some part in the next expansion. And I think you're right. There are some interesting aspects about Eris Morin not being present in this season as yep. much as we would hope, especially with everything going on with Sabathun. But I do think we're going to see her show up at some point this season. I think that at some point she will make an appearance that will lead into whatever happens next and maybe we're going to learn a little bit more about the hive and Eris Morn and Savathun and how everything kind of intertwines and it's going to be really interesting to see how the story comes together in the witch queen the vanguard br tell us a little bit more about you tell us about who you are and what you do outside of the who am i world that's a Amazing question. My real name is Edson. I have 41 years old. And I'm currently unemployed due to the pandemic. I've lost my job. And I'm li- I'm trying to live doing my live streams. I'm I'm improving my numbers too to get some help from my viewers and all. And I have an amazing community. And I'm married. I'm married. I've married. I can say that I'm married because I live with my wife. Because my, But we didn't. We haven't done the official thing with the papers and everything. But we are living together since April. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm for uh, I have a degree on software soft software develop development and what can I say more I don't have any children I don't have any dog but I like dogs I want to have a dog with my wife who don't want a dog now mm-hmm. and. I produced content for Destiny since 2015, 14. I don't remember very well. I I don't know why I can say more to you guys. I I took my two shots of the vaccine from of to protect me from COVID. I'm going to take my 31, the boost one. I don't know when. I love to write, I love to draw, but I don't draw very well, but I, I like the way I write. I, I love to write some Destiny fan fictions that I, 
I have put in my portfolio that I sent to the narrative the narrative job at Bungie there's some positions opened and I, it's it's a dream to work at a narrative team I, I was going to say I know Bungie has been doing a lot of hiring they have yeah a lot of hiring a so lot. lots of opportunities including there. a a uh community manager for latin latin america a what uh, yeah they are hiring one more cm for latam that will co that will cover spain and portugal there you go well sounds and like the perfect let's wait and see yeah I've and, sent my resume. <laughs> well, definitely do keep us posted on that. And and thank you so much for being so open and for sharing your experiences in the last year. I know that um, everything that oh, happened. Not, not, with COVID, a, not a problem. Not a problem. You know, it, it definitely put a lot of challenges on on a lot of people yeah. and a lot of lives. And uh, things are definitely very different. Right. Um, but I, uh -huh. I do think that the Destiny community is very uh, resilient in, in their efforts to to help and support content creators like yourself. So definitely shout outs to the Destiny community for that. And yeah, um, yeah lots of opportunities with Bungie. And now were you in software development before you had lost your position? My wife's mother she had she has a a how can i say that my god she has a clinic a popular popular clinic for medical medical appointments and in etc and i was working there i was the pc guy i i was giving support there uh repairing computers and operational systems i wasn't i wasn't doing what i was forming to do i was just having a job to get money and that's really sad to say but unfortunately we sometimes we need the money and i i i wasn't in a position to choose what job i could get so I grabbed this opportunity to get some money to, you know, we have to pay the bills. Going back to Destiny, you know, you've been in the game for quite some time now. You've yeah. been there from the beginning. What's your favorite time in Destiny and why? My favorite time in Destiny. Whoa, that's hard. Ah. <sighs> my favorite time you 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 say a, a specific t moment in time a season or an event that really sticks out oh, as okay 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 i my so far i have some moments but i think that the last season was a great narrative moment and I, I'm ashamed to say that I screamed a lot when Ikora appeared at the final cutscene from of the season. 
to help Saint 14 in in my tracks with the Vex. I that was at least for this year my favorite moment. I think it's one of my favorite moments of all the franchise of Destiny One and Two. I think that moment was amazing to see the 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 humanity joining hands with the Elixni. I I I was an enthusiast of that since that since Destiny One and saw that happen in front of my eyes was amazing. And I I chose that moment. It's a it's a definitely a good choice. And and you know, I think for me that's tough. If I had to I know, right? So many, right? Like going flawless for the first time. Like that was pretty cool. Beating the vault of glass for the first time. Getting my Galar horn. Like that was pretty epic. Or like even like beating my first nightfall, right? Like those are those are things that you really take with you in the journey. Um I very uh closely remember when we were playing the Archon Priest strike in Destiny One, and at the time the icebreaker was really popular, and we would get to this like section where you would have to essentially snipe out all of the captains and all of the uh yellow bar ads from the distance and like this uh vexy kind of music would start playing uh it was just such a cool experience and then we got to the final boss and there was a cheese spot where you would be able to just kind of hold out and i remember one time Something happened and both of my teammates died. And I was like the last person standing. <laughs> and I had to, of course, clutch it and then go res these two knuckleheads who went out there with all of the ads out. So uh, I was able to kind of clutch it and res my, my team. But moments like that, so freaking awesome and special. Or yeah. like playing Crota's End and... I do not do jumping puzzles at all. <laughs> But being able to go all the way up top and we got to the second encounter where you had to literally get to the very top of the uh, the building to despawn the ads. For me, just getting up there was just the, the entire raid. <laughs> That was the challenge for me, just getting all the way up there. But uh, And that probably took me like 30 minutes to get all the way to the top and like the... Just, watching the scenery and it's like shit like i cheesed this activity and it was so cool but uh moments like that were kind of special for me and what about you shadow price um you know the same things you named going flawless for the first time uh, in destiny when it was house of wolves when it first came out um yeah i mean Pretty much all those things, you know, playing Destiny for the first time. Yeah. Experiencing the music and the world and everything, you know, like it was, uh, it's led all the way up to this moment right now. So, you know, it was, <laughs> we definitely, it definitely like galvanized us and, uh, helped us create this podcast, I would say. So, yeah. 
So, on a slightly different topic, what are some things about Destiny that you would change that you're just like, come on, Bungie, it's been seven years. Is there anything that you would want to see different in the Destiny universe? Space battles would be nice. Oh, man, space battles, yes. We had them in Halo. We had them in Halo. Why not? The uh, oh my god, what, what's the name of the mission? It's uh, Halo Reach. We have a space, yeah, combat mission. Yeah, space mission. Yep, that is an amazing mission. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Long it's Night of Solace. That's it. Yep, yep, that's the Long it. Night of Solace. You invade the sword base to get a saber. It's the name of the ship. And it's amazing. I, I've played two weeks ago this mission at the remastered version, and it's beautiful what Bungie done with that. It really and is. And I, I, I would love to see that in Destiny. We have so many ships, amazing ships. And it's just a cosmetic. I know. That's the, that's the frustrating thing about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I remember that I've asked to a bungee dev one time about that mission in particular, the Long Night of Solace, if that could be transported to Destiny, since it was Bungie that did that. And then he said, we did that there. But it's complicated to bring that here and do here in Destiny. Not everything we know to do is viable into destiny it was something See, I like that why. yeah i, I why. Uh, it was his answer and i okay what is what i what i was going to say to to him I, I, okay if it's not possible it's not possible but i yeah. i didn't believe him <laughs> i think they can't do but i think that we i don't know draw a lot of energy to 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 implement they tried to give the most politically correct answer that they could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I want for Destiny to be just bigger, more massive. Like, uh-huh. one area for me that has been kind of, I don't know, something that I really wanted from the game was during any in-between activities, like seasonal things. Um Iron Banner or whatever, all the raids, I want them to have dedicated rewards and I want them to rotate and be different every season where you get different stuff for there to be incentives for you to play not just one specific thing, but multiple. Like we talked about the Halloween event. I think the Halloween event was pretty fun. It was really different and unique. Yeah. But you essentially gave me only two weapons to chase and you gave me a million different roles to chase after. And I don't know. I think for me, it it takes away from the fun of playing a looter shooter when you're just getting two drops. I agree. I just think they need to really amplify their efforts there. And even if that means hiring more people, charging more money for the content 
I think in the long run, it's going to really bolster the experience. Like think about Iron Banner, right? Like we should be chasing after a new set of armor and weapons every single time in the Iron Banner. Not same stuff regurgitated. In most cases, things that we already got. So I think that from a looter shooter reward perspective, there needs to be work done there because I think that the game itself from a core mechanic perspective is great. I think that when you go and play any other shooting game, you'll really appreciate Destiny for what it is. Like me and Shadow Price, we tried to go and play um, the, what are those zombie games? Uh, Back for Blood and uh, World War Z. And there were Mm -hmm. shooting mechanics in both games, but none of them really were up to par or even came close to anything that Destiny has. You know, so that's an area where I think that they should play on their strengths, you know, but imagine if Destiny had as massive of a story as Skyrim, but it was shooting based. So I I think it's a goldmine of opportunity there. But it's just, it's such a massive game and maybe it's just too ambitious for what I want. But I can't help but to hope that one day we get to that point in the game. Yeah, you're not alone with that. Destiny, I used to say Destiny had a lot of unused potential. Uh, In terms of... I. I, I actually I don't like how the the seasons are being delivered because we have you talked about the festival of the lost the Halloween event and Bungie uses the, the those events to I think the word is to inflate the season and postpone the ending of the season using those events he she bungie did that last season with the i think it i think it was the solstice yeah 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 we we destroyed korea and then solstice began and after all the i think i think it was one month of event and then the season finale arrived at the next next weekly reset and i don't like the 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 flux of content you see we now are on the, on a six month six month season six month length season and bungie advertised that uh the witch queen will be delayed to next year on february they had a lot of time to prepare this final season with with six months and now we don't have what to do when we enter in the game besides the grandmaster we don't have any progress progression about the narrative. We are waiting when Bungie will drop the final of the season. I think yeah, we're that, uh, yeah, I, 
I think that on the worst worst case scenario, we are going to do the final event of the season next year, and I really don't like that. Yeah. I hope that this isn't the case because they had I I don't know let me count uh, they had six six months to prepare for a six month season and now we don't have it's a it's a content drip they don't have anything more to put into the game and we are just waiting for the birthday package from the third, 30 years from Bungie and new, a new dungeon and everything. But no connection with the lore from the season. This was advised to. And they could just, I don't know, we have two more events that they could drop now. One of them is the it's the moments of triumph. We didn't have yet, and the the dawning. I think that moments of triumph will arrive together with the anniversary package uh, next month, and I think that the dawning will come just next year in January. I think I don't know. Yeah. I'm just speculating. Uh, I don't know. I I think that many things into destiny need to improve I, destiny it's an amazing game as it is but it has a lot of space to improve and it's sad that it's not improving that 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 some points that we can could have improved uh, this content dripping it's horrible uh, i think we had two seasons that had a nice flux of content the season of the chosen was okay season of the splicer too apart from the from the solstice but this season now i know that it's because of the the delay of witch queen but it seems that they didn't prepare for that they just no iron banner and i don't know festival of the lost and then nothing 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 gms gms that's not enough for a six month month season that's not enough and the community knows that the community watches that i think that this this is a thing that i would like to see improved the the flux of content inside a season i'm not saying that we must have any one new thing every day or every week but two months without nothing one month without nothing it's unacceptable in my opinion but i, I i'm with you when you say that you want to see destiny grows and i think that's a lot of a lot of space for that i think destiny could embrace some more mmo me mechanics like npcs spread across the maps with missions and side quests and everything but i don't know 
I, it's just my opinion. I, I would like to see more of a, of a game that had, has a lot of potential to do that, to improve, to grow, and give us more of this world we love so much. I think that's uh, really well said, and I completely agree with you. I think that Bungie has gotten into a comfort to release content to a cadence where the last month or two are fairly dry. There's not much, right? Yeah. I think we almost come to expect that the final month before the new content will probably not have anything. I mean, even think about your season technically goes up to 100 where you actually get rewards in the game, right? But you level up to a hundred within like maybe a month, maybe a month and a half, right? Yeah. And you have enough seasonal challenges to last for maybe eight, nine, ten weeks. I think after that, you really start to see where Bungie starts to rely on things like Iron Banner, um, the the Halloween event, the free events that traditionally yeah. you would get as just free extra content now becomes the content that fills the gaps between the next season and i don't think it's enough i i think there needs to be more to really engage the community and and i i totally agree with you and i really hope that bungie 30th anniversary like do we hope and pray that this one i mean it's 25 dollars if you buy it standalone Oh, you know, I was going right. to ask your opinions about the, the, the price of the anniversary package. I mean, yeah. you know, look, you've $25, <laughs> you know, it's $25. Yeah. Now, I think that... It's almost half the price of a for me, new, new game. So, you know? Yeah. The, the price here, it's the same as as if I was going to buy two seasons and a half. Yeah. Wow. In Destiny. That's, it's that's, bizarre. That's accurate. I, yeah. I didn't like the price. It's it, it's overpriced, in my opinion. Hmm. I didn't like that. Bungie appeals to the nostalgic feeling with Galahorn and the Loot Cave dungeon, <laughs> etc. And yeah. I think that if they had put in, I don't know, I think $15 or $10, that's the price of a season. Because I really don't believe that that package, that anniversary package, will deliver more than a season content. And, yeah, you, and, I, and you are paying two times the price of a season to get a a a anniversary pack it's absurd i i didn't like that maybe we have to pay that much for the license and for stuff from if they bring things from halo and, and yeah stuff. It, it, it could justify the price but it, it man it, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot of money i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make assumptions about it until i actually play it because yeah. you don't know at the end of the day look more than likely, based on the fact that you're paying $25 for a piece of content 
that will ultimately hold you from December until February. So roughly two months, two and a half months, right? Where yeah. a season is only like you normally a season is three months, a normal season yeah. for yeah. 10 bucks. But also yeah. like you're getting what you're getting within a season is different. So my hope is that what we get is at least substantial enough as I don't know, the first expansion that we got with uh, the the Dark Below or the House of Wolves. I'm hoping that we get something at least that substantial, right? I'm hoping that we get at least two or three story missions within that DLC that maybe introduces the next thing or, or honors the legacy of the past or something really cool. Also, I'm excited because... Everybody at Bungie is very, very excited and hyped about this yeah. anniversary. Pack. They tweet about that. They think it's a going lot. to be really substantial. Like they're and to a point where they're saying, like, take your time with this content. Right? So to me, that indicates that while okay, this seems a bit expensive by maybe at least ten, fifteen dollars. But I'm still curious to see what they deliver because I think that as a company, I don't want to say they can't afford to like not really deliver with this content, but it's in their best interest to really deliver because that's going to drive sales of the next thing, right? And I mean, December is a good time for them to release it because like you're you're almost past the big release like of the games and yeah. stuff that are coming out everything well and, and i'll be honest i think they're probably going to abandon the halloween not the halloween event but the the winter event and no i think that's just, already a part that's already a, oh, that, that's already that, a part of it oh, that's okay. already a part of it yeah okay yeah so, i think that's already been confirmed if i'm not mistaken gotcha. okay so. yeah never mind then um but no i i really think they're going to deliver in a big way with this content um I am curious to see what they do with the endgame content with all the raids that, that are within the game because I think there's some opportunities there. But um, I'm honestly expecting... And there's obviously going like, to be some pre-Witch Queen things just because this yeah. is the piece of content that's going to lead us into Witch Queen. Yeah. You know, so... I remember that they had plans to do raid rotation and dungeons rotation too. Every week you are going to have a raid, a a, a feature raid uh, or a and a a dungeon that you can get high level equipment that week. I I think we had that in Destiny One at the Age of Triumph. Yeah. Every week we had a feature raid that had all challenges activated and you can you could get high level equipment and this will be implemented in Destiny 2 according to Joe Blackburn with the raids and the all the dungeons we had we have I think that's going to be a really exciting change and one that we really need in the game because there needs to be a reason to go back and play all the old raids, 
they yeah. essentially feel irrelevant with them not being you know uh inclusive of the higher light level which i don't understand why all of these raids do not give you a plus one pinnacle i don't get it to my, me, biggest, my biggest pain is that we we get we got the dipstone cryptid and it become irrelevant in less than a year it's absurd that doesn't make sense to me you know i mean it's an easy thing for them to change so for a company that is listening i mean i don't know if there's a reason why that they haven't done this but to prevent you from leveling or something or to slow down the progress that's the only thing i can think of and to me it's not a good enough reason to really make those other raids irrelevant because what if i want to play one raid over another one week i mean give us the options give us the choice you yeah. know it's, it's a pretty easy thing but it's, it's good to know that it's it is the best best thing you can give a player is the choice yeah give the players a choice so the vanguard vr uh, out of curiosity you know you're also a content creator yeah now how do you see yourself as a content creator today versus when you got started with creating content in destiny I think that now it's a lot more easier because we have many more content creators. I, I usually use it to produce my own content, but of course that some informations arrive first outside of my country and then I became a translator of that information. But now the accessibility is a lot more visible in the community. People from Brazil consumes content from every part of the world. People go, go to Bife to, to see lore videos, go to Fallout to see builds. And I think now it's a lot more easier for me, for me to produce my content around the game and and the the bungee support improved a lot although when bungee was with activision we had uh, a a person here in brazil that gave us a nice support to all content creators here in latin america but when the partnership the they split Bungie and Activision split. We lost that person because he wasn't a Activision employee, and Bungie left left us here in the dark. We don't have a CM until now, but the new people that arrived some day some days ago are helping us with that. But regarding your question, I think today it's far more interesting and easier to do content th than six years ago yeah no and i think technologies have evolved 
pretty substantially from six years ago where yeah i mean now i think creating content is much easier and also the platforms that are available today are easier to work with definitely Mm -hmm. than what we had before um and you know you also noted that bungie has become a lot more supportive of the a Latin American community in the Destiny video game. In fact, in the Bungie Weekly Update, we briefly talked about this before the show, but you actually are included in the Bungie bounty for this week. So I'm curious, how did that all come about? And what does that mean for you as a content creator, as a Destiny fan, to have that honor to be featured? Yeah, as I said when we were chatting before, um, we saw the TWAB last week and sadly there was no Latin American streamer or representative. And then I, at my live stream that I do every day at the same time to cover the TWAB, I said to my community to create a hashtag. Let's create a hashtag to show uh, our insatisfaction, to show our, to protest, because we don't have any representative there. And then we launched the hashtag and everyone was retweeting and liking and sharing everywhere at the, the end of the TWAB, I, I, I finished my live stream, left the hashtag there and think to myself, thought to myself, do your job, hashtag. And then on the Sunday, DMG04 uh, posted that they were, they were listening to our complainings about that, that they were trying to engage more with the community worldwide and that we we were going to have some news during this week that we are now. And then we had the surprise of having three Brazilian streamers as Bungie Bounties. One of them, it's me. And I, when I created the, the movement, Bungie Bounty Latam, it, I wasn't advocating for me because I was thinking about my community that was left in the dust for so many time about this issue in particular, the Bungie Bounty. I think the last Bungie Bounty we had here was in 2017 or 18. I don't remember the year but in we were with activision still had activision and then they organized the bounty with the with bungie that time but now it was the 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 this the force of the community that that's amazing that engaged with the the hashtag and the movement at all 
people from many countries from here, Argentina, Puerto Rico, Mexico, and of course, Brazil. And it is a great honor to be able to represent my country. I thought that I wasn't going to be called for that because there are other many amazing streamers here that could fit this 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 calling and but here I am and I I think I I must just grab the the opportunity to 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 show my community to honor my community to all the support that they gave to me and it it was it was amazing when when Bungie reached me for be the Bungie bounty i i became the most happy person into my house because did you cry yeah <laughs> did you cry <laughs> how do you know that <laughs> i'll guess <laughs> lucky guess <laughs> i i cried but it it wasn't because the bounty it was because a lot of things that I I I've been reading through all this week, all the support that we had received from many yeah. yeah, from many members of our community from other countries, England, USA, um Italy, etc. It was amazing the community uh, yeah. really engaged with us and and that made me cry, the support of the community, not the the fact of being a bounty bounty that this is that is cool of course i've loved it to be called to to, to be the the bungee bounty but the the recognition of the community was amazing and this was could it's a, a cliche but but it's worth more than money the recognition yeah. from my community and i i cried because of that and and think because. about the impact that that you were able to bring with the movement to allow for the Latin American community and the voices of the Latin American people to be heard, right? Like that's that's yeah. a powerful thing to uh, make sure that your community is also represented by Bungie, and that's that was a big step for you, and I'm I'm sure that meant yeah. a lot as well. Yeah, there was a lot of of people from other countries here in Latin America that became sad because their favorite streamer wasn't called. But I said to everyone that this was the first wave, just the first wave. This is the first step of a long journey. We will have another opportunities to call more people to participate in that. So. Yeah stay calm let's join forces again and someday you will see your favorite streamer here too yes more to come for sure yeah yeah and so to wrap up our discussion with the guardians tell us what's next for you in your destiny journey well i'm as I said, I'm, I, I've sent my resume to some job spots at Bungie. I'm, I don't know, man. I, I really don't, don't have a plan to my 
future on destiny i think that every day i i wake up with a mission that is to do some difference in my community and this last week was a blessing for me and i i tend to live one day at a time and i don't know i i i would like to to leave a mark in my community so i can i can when i i go to my final rest i can say the job was done i think it's that i i will continue pursuing uh improve my my live stream to gather my, more people to grow the latino american community and bungee destiny slash destiny community too i i like to help i like to listen and i don't know i i will continue to do my job until the day i stop liking to do this job I used to I I always say to my community I still do this everything I do for the community and the game because I love to do this the day the love ends I stop Yeah well and that's that's a healthy way to approach it for sure and yeah thank you so much for sharing so much insight into your world and what you do we do have one other thing to talk about tonight we have a bungee weekly update from Bungee one we got a big one yeah and shadow price do you want to kick things off what did we learn this week from bungee with the big update about weapon changes so just as uh it was just stated, uh, they go on to say that this week at Bungie, we got guns over here. Cosmo is uh, manning the ship today. Um, yeah. He goes on to say that we have a lot to cover this week, so I'm going to keep this intro short so we can get into it. We have a new emblem for you, new Trials Labs info, a long list of weapon changes, a new fashion magazine cover, more Bungie bounties, and a partridge in a pear tree. Actually, scratch the last one. It's only November. So the first thing they show is an emblem for everybody. Uh, it's yeah. a one we can emblem we can just we can get right here in the game right now with the code is displayed right here. Uh, they go on to say it's uh, be true. Everyone at Bungie, both trans developers and allies alike, stand in support of our transgender and gender nonconforming community. We join the call to end anti-trans violence and discrimination. The stars burn brighter because of your courage, unwavering strength, and pursuit of truth. Ahead of Transgender Awareness Week, which celebrates the lives of transgender and gender nonconforming community from November 13th through November 19th, we are proud to announce our new trans pride emblem, Be True. Your light inspires, helping guide us on a path to a better future. May it only shine brighter. And as Transgender Awareness Week leads into Transgender Day of Remembrance on the 20th, a day to memorialize the lives of the to transphobic hate and violence, we also recognize the hardships this community faces. We invite anyone and everyone to join us in the remembrance by donning this new emblem. Unlock it using the code below on their code redemption site. And 
um, I've already unlocked it and it's a really cool emblem. I equipped yeah. it right away. So it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Um, during, they go on to say during the month of November, all profits from the sale of Bungie's pride pin will benefit trans lifeline in support of their efforts to provide peer support to trans people in crisis through respectful, anonymous and confidential communication and resources. So this emblem is available for everybody. Um, and it's a really cool initiative and, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a great thing. So I really, I really like the look of it too. So, so the next thing we have up is, uh, they're doing the labs back to the lab again, the cruise, uh, trials labs. Uh, this week we are revisiting trials labs with capture zone, a quick reminder capture zone is still an elimination with the following changes. Uh, 30 seconds after the round starts, a capture zone is enabled. Players can capture this zone to win the round or just eliminate the other team like normal. The capture zone has a waypoint from round start, including countdown timer, so everyone will know exactly when and where it will be. The capture zone starts in the middle of the map in the first round and changes location each round. Uh, they took feedback from the previous capture zone lab and made the following changes. Uh, we are using a stronger trials map, Endless Veil. Rather than rotating th through points that give one team a significant advantage, location advantage, we are rotating through three neutral zones, one at Temple, one at Mid, and one at Shrine. Players no longer get super energy when captured in a zone, either before or after the round ends. As we mentioned last week, card-based matchmaking is on all weekend, with the Flawless Pool turning on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., as with the previous two webs, a two times trials rank booster will be on all weekend. Going forward, we are looking at adding end match rewards prior to getting a seven win card, making it more worthwhile to play in the flawless pool and for increasing reputation gain, especially in the later ranks. We are still firming up the plan, so expect more information on rewards in December. Uh, so do you guys have anything to uh, add before we talk about the weapons themselves on that? I mean, I think it's really cool that they are releasing the uh, transgender emblem. I think that was a really cool um, effort on their part. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they're doing some really cool things with that. Yeah, all good things. So now they're going to get into the weapons. Uh, pew Pew is uh, <laughs> the heading here. Uh, the 30th anniversary is coming up quick, and the new dungeon and cool rewards aren't the only thing they are adding to the game. We're also adding, making a hefty tuning pass to weapons and perks. We still got a little bit of time before these changes go live on December 7th, but in the spirit of transparency, let's get into it early. Please welcome to the stage design lead Chris Proctor. Uh, it goes on to say that uh, we have a mid-season weapons update ready to go live for you next month, but because the season of loss is slightly larger season than normal, we have a slightly larger mid-season tuning pass for you. So let's get into the nitty gritty. So first, archetypes, uh, shotguns. In season 11, <clears throat> we wanted to see if slugs could be viable in PVE with a high enough reward for the risk of being close and the time it takes to aim at the head. Good news, they're viable. However, they currently outclass pellet shotguns and many other special ammo options, not to mention being part of a dominant boss melt uh, tactic. We'd like to equalize this a bit. However, since pellet shotguns are easier to use than slug shotguns, 
they don't need as large a bump. So here are the changes. Uh, reduce the slug shotgun PVE damage bonus from 30% to 20%. And they go, <clears throat> they gave the pellet shotguns a 10% PVE damage bonus. Next is uh, linear fusion rifles. In season 14, they bumped these up, but believe that while their potential damage output competes numerically, and they're extra hot right now uh, because of the sweet particle disruption artifact, artifact mod, <clears throat> they can't compete with the ease of use of other damage options. Last time they got a precision damage buff, this, this time it's a flat damage buff. So here's the change. Uh, they increased the PVE damage by 10%. Uh, next is caster swords. They sh uh, we shipped this with a high heavy attack ammo cost to offset a great melee weapon. It also has good range attack, but now it's safe to it's now believe it's safe to reduce the ammo costs. So here's the change: they reduce the heavy attack ammo cost from eight to five. Uh, bows is next. In season eleven, they bumped the bow damage up ten percent versus rank and file enemies. Having seen this in game for a few seasons, it seems safe to nudge them up again. The changes are they've increased the damage versus rank and file enemies by 10%. Sidearms and fusion rifles. Uh, due to an ancient data entry error, sidearms and fusion rifle project, uh, projectiles were non-hit scan. Behind the scenes, the engine does the math converting a projectile from non-hit scan to hit scan if it would cover a specific distance in one frame. So this would only occur running at 50, 60 FPS or higher. Shout out to the specific community that provided us with the evidence on the issue. You know who you are. So here's the change. They increased the sidearm and fusion rifle projectile speed from 999 to 9999, which makes them hit scan regardless of frame rate. So those are the initial weapons they have before they jump into the exotics. Do you guys have anything to add? I I I have one comment about the 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 linear fusion rifles. I don't think it was necessary to give a buff of ten percent on that type of weapons uh, this season because of the mod, the particle deconstruction. De but it was nice to get this buff because of one certain exotic that we would we will talk about it. Uh, later, yeah, in it's interesting blog. that they bought it. Was that. interesting because of that, just because of the, I, because beyond that, there was no reason to give this buff. The, in my opinion, this class of weapons are in a very comfortable place right now because of the mod. Very true. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next is exotics. Uh, first on the chopping block, Vex Mythoclass. They said they oh, overbuffed no. this. <laughs> and while it's kept in check by the peak shot potential of hand cannons, it's definitely melting faces. So in play tests, we feel it's strong enough to be desirable without feeling free. Here's the changes. They reduced the aim assist by stat by 25. They've also reduced the linear fusion rifle mode aim assist cone scaler from 1.1 to 1.05 and now requires three eliminations for full overcharge instead of two. So that's uh, the changes they made to Vex. Uh, next is uh, Fighting Lion. Um, they basically said there wasn't a specific problem, but an increase in frustration with breach grenade launchers in the Crucible. And it seemed like a mistake to say that we hear you and it's an infinite version, ammo version. Um, 
they said there's still a difference between almost infinite ammo and actually infinite ammo and how weapons are used. And in playtests, they tried to abuse the infinite ammo. It was extraordinarily oppressive, much more so than what they expected. So they had a ton of ammo previously. So here's the changes. They removed the multi-hit requirement, um, i.e. dealing damage. Any damage will grant the buff. They've increased the buff to reload stat from plus 50 to plus 70. Uh, i.e. the reload will still be slow if you miss, but if you land any damage, fighting liner will reload faster than it did before the nerf. And they've increased the buff duration to 7 seconds. So that's the changes to fighting lining. Next is Darbalist. Uh, they always wanted to have this. Uh, they said, we always wanted to have this, have a utility and high difficulty PvE, but his lack of champion mods prevented that. And it's about to be a shield breaking already, so they're fixing that. So here's the change and now has intrinsic anti-barrier. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, that's another weapon you can just throw on without having to use a barrier mod. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, sleeper Simulant. Uh, they're going to say the delta between Sleeper and the best legendary linear fusion rifle wasn't large enough to make it a compelling option. So while it benefits from the 10% damage buff above, uh, we've given it some additional love. They've increased the magazine size from three to four, and they've increased the PVE damage by 6%. Yeah, this will be really interesting. Yeah, because it got buffed before, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it will get the 10% damage plus 6% and one sh more shot. It, it will be interesting to test it again to see if it's worth... Yeah, if it's going to uh, challenge some of the higher DPS weapons. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, next is uh, Seros Regime. Uh, they said the dual mode receiver always made Seros a worse 360 RPM auto rifle, but fixing that, it was a straightforward stat bump. It may not make the mode uh, dominant, but at least it makes it do what was intended. Turn it into a high impact auto rifle. So here's the change. The dual mode receiver now grants the following addition to its current effects, plus 30 range and plus three zoom. Uh, next is Cryostasia 77K. Um, they going to say that given the state, state of status in PVP at the start of season 14, they delivery shipped the weapon weak state, which almost physically hurt, but they didn't want it to contribute to the problem. So here, here are the changes that they've gone to say. They removed the variable trigger completely. It now fires on trigger press instead of release. It'll make it feel much more responsive. The charge shot moved for, to special reload. Getting a final blow with the sidearm enables across, access to the special reload. Once the charge shot is fired, the weapon reverts back to standard sidearm mode. This does not cost your entire magazine. The charge shot now causes an AOE, which freezes AI and slows players. Direct hits still freeze. Next is Leviathan's Breath. Uh, the bow was underused, and they wanted to give it a buff, uh, while also making the Catalyst more interesting. Uh, so here's the change. The Catalyst now grants the Archer's Temple perk in addition to other effects. Next is uh, Whisper of the Worm, uh, which was the original DPS king and has fallen out of favor uh, with the delay before the damage buff, kicking in, making the weapon less usable in short damage phases and optimal sustained damage requiring all critical hits, but not sufficiently rewarding precision. So here are the changes. They've reduced the delay on activating whispered breathing from catalysts from 2.1 seconds to 1.2 seconds. 
White Nail Magazine refill changed. Was three from inventory, but now pulls two from inventory and one from thin air. And they've increased the damage in PvE by 10%. Uh, next is Darcy. Uh, they said that the sniper rifle damage has fallen behind as other options have been buffed. And its damage is dependent on crits, uh, also while requiring 100% time on target. So they prefer, uh, improved its ease of use and bumped the damage up. So the changes are they've reduced flinch, recoil, and accuracy degradation by 50% while personal assistant is active. Personal assistant now has a one-second delay before deactivating when off target. It was instant. And they've increased the damage in PvE by 20%. That's a pretty substantial uh, uh, increase. So yeah. that should uh, definitely become back into people's uh, rotations, I would say. Uh, malfeasance. Uh, for weapon about explosions, this hand cannon explosions were a bit underwhelming. So here are the changes. They've increased explosion damage by 50%. Pretty short and sweet. Uh, Dead Man's Tail. Uh, this scout, uh, they've seen the scout's usage drop dramatically on console since the recent nerf. So they spent some time tuning in a way that benefits controller much more than mouse and keyboard. They said that we don't believe this buff will improve the weapon much more on mouse and keyboard, specifically touching hip fire with the catalyst. So here are the changes. Uh, no, this isn't actually branching the tuning between input devices, but the bits we touch are either only present or much more impactful on controller. So they've increased reticle friction fall off distance, no effect on mouse and keyboard, less recoil, reduced effect on mouse and keyboard, improved accuracy, reduced effect on mouse and keyboard. So that's Dead Man's Tale. Uh, the air apparent catalyst. Uh, there was a data error in the air apparent catalyst resulting in granted too much damage resistance against players. It has now been corrected, no effect in PvE. They reduced the damage resistance against players from 75% to 25%. <laughs> Thankfully, because, yeah, that thing was destroying people. In it PvP. was obscene, the amount of resistance that ridiculous. the player had with that, yeah. that, that machine gun. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, Lorenz Driver. The bonus ability feels, uh, energy feels extraneous when the damage buff is so strong. And they're limiting certain weapon sources of ability energy. So here are the changes. They remove the ability energy regeneration on picking up a telemetry. Uh, trailers chosen. The ability energy granted from the perk was on a curve that isn't intuitively understood. So similar to Lorenz, it seems appropriate to adjust it in PvP. And these changes aren't noticeable in PvE. So the changes are it now grants 10% ability energy per stack on activation, was previously more generous on low stacks, less generous on high stacks. The average amount for 10 stacks are unchanged. And they've also reduced the stacks granted on a guardian defeat from 3 to 2. Um, so that's the exotics. Any questions about that before we go into the mods changes? I just want to say that no one's going to use Leviathan, Leviathan's Breath <laughs> yeah, just yeah. because Archer's, Archer's Temple, for Christ's sake, Bungie. <laughs> no one's <laughs> going to use that shit. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, and 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 I I really love the 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 love that they get, gave to the Whisper of the Worm. It's one yeah. of my favorite weapons. I said it before, and let's test it again to see if it's viable. But I, I yeah, on the paper I loved the changes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
Uh, so next up is mods. Uh, quick access sling is what they're talking about next. Uh, the usage on this mod is very telling. It's extensively used on bows and breach grenade launchers and barely used on other weapons. And at the same time, we pulled down some other options players had for improving their swap speed and wanted to make an option available for building towards that on legendary weapons, on all legendary weapons. Uh, they said that they'll be watching how it feels in the wild and they may revisit it later. So here are the changes. Functionality change was plus 100 handling, uh, 0.9 ready still aim down sights time for 0.4 seconds after running out of ammo. So now it is 0.9 ready stow all the time. This change also applies to the swap mag perk as they use the swap per the same perk behind the scenes. Uh, so also next is uh, is a full auto retrofit. Uh, they're going to say we've seen plenty of requests for an accessibility option allowing full auto fire, particularly on fast fire and semi-automatic weapons. We have settings options in the works for a season after the Witch Queen launches, but decided to put a stop back gap to help players until we are able to ship it. Please keep these uh, types of suggestions coming. So they go on to say that we've added a full auto retrofit weapon mod that enables full auto while the trigger is held, usable on legendary hand cannons, sidearms, scout rifles, and pulse rifles, and that this is unlocked by default for all players. Any questions on these mods before we talk about what's next? I think that's pretty cool that they're adding a full auto like yeah type of mod to these weapons. Yeah, you know, I think the full auto mod is going to really bring a very interesting dimension to the game. Um, it's going to make things really interesting. Could it potentially make some weapons game breaking? by having full auto pretty much available full on auto hand weapon. cannons huh that's that's interesting mm. <laughs> have we had a f besides besides um last word is there any other full auto hand cannon besides the last word i don't think there is mm. i don't think so yeah i mean sidearms there are you got the sidearms that do fire in full auto and yeah. there are scout rifles that do. Pulse rifles, uh, some of them. Oh, uh, the what is that one? Um, no time to explain. That's that's a full auto pulse rifle. Yeah, um, I have the one that we got. We get at the the prophecy dungeon. The nine, the pulse of the nine. Oh, the, the darkest before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I, he can, I gotta he get that gun. Get full auto. I that that gun well. shreds in PvP. I get yeah, shredded. It's it's amazing. Shredded by that gun. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> shredded. Uh, so the next thing they go on to talk about is the near future. Uh, they go on to say that annual expansions are a good time for system level changes, since they get so much more playtest time over a longer duration compared to a normal season. We don't like that the desire for exotic catalysts is largely driven by the orbs of power generation they provide and have something in the works to let players build around that limitation. Also, weapon differentiation. If I have two void adaptive hand cannons, one from the Suros Foundry and one from the latest raid, why do I care about one more than the other? The stats tend to be fairly close. Perk pools can be different, but there are only so many perks, and it's a stretch to say that perk pool gives the weapon its identity. 
We've got something shipping on all new and reissued weapons in the Witch Queen that addresses this issue directly and are working to expand the same solution to all weapons that drop in the future. Uh, we've mentioned in the last patch notes that we're not done with the special ammo economy in PvP and have a further tweak coming that should help bring the amount of ammo floating around uh, down the amount of ammo floating around. Exotic primary weapons already advance ammo finder mods much faster, but we want to them to feel better in hard PvE content and are adjusting all of them to reach this goal. They're also adjusting some exotics, some that consistently top the PvP usage charts in an impressive way, some that have perks limited to a degree that's that's no longer warranted. And they go on to say, we're looking at you, Chaperone. So that's the near future. Um, so next is the cover. Uh, there's a cover story. The Threads of Light is back. Their digital fashion magazine launched its second cover earlier this week with some hot new looks on display. And you can check them out right here. And they wanted to say big congrats to the winners, Vanquish, Twisty, and Donison. Uh, they came, they saw, they looked fa fabulous. And the unveiling previous winners means we have openings for new winners. So let's kick off another fashion show. The rules are listed below on here. And you could also tag at Destiny Game or account for your region for more visibility. They'll be picking winners to give the emblem to up to November 18th. Of those winners, they will choose one Haunter, one Warlock, and a Titan. To represent their class on the cover, the next issue is slated to come out sometime early next year. Design your look and wear it proud. We'll be watching. So the next thing I think uh, Vanguard BR is going to be pretty excited about here. <laughs> More bounties. Yeah. Uh, last week, they announced a slate of bungee bounties all across the globe. It kicked off earlier this week and will be rolling out now until the November 20th. And we have been keeping an eye on the feedback and saw requests for more bounties in uh, the Latin, I believe that's Latin, and UK, and have yeah. been added to a few to the schedule. So here we go with the, uh, the Latin community. We have uh, Marshall Inverno Rambo uh, from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific time, um, and he's going to be on PC. We've got Iron Life from 11 a.m to 1 uh, p.m. Pacific time, also on PC. And no other than yours truly. <laughs> you want to announce yours? No. Uh, Vanguard BR? Keep going, keep going, please. We have the Vanguard BR. <laughs> Our guest tonight on the Desi Show podcast of the Bungie Bounty. It is much better than your voice. <laughs> on PC. Congratulations yeah. to you, my friend. For uh, Thanks, man. Thanks. Being honored. Uh, congratulations, oh, yeah. and I'm going after you. So yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's awesome, though. Really, really, really amazing. Really, really cool. Um, also, United Kingdom is also getting on the act. We got uh, Pigeon from four to six a.m. Pacific time on PC. Pigeon? Who's Pigeon? Never heard of that guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. We got Benny from 6 to 8 a.m. Pacific time on PC. Benny's a nice guy. And Anubis uh, from 8, 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific on PC. Did they spell his name wrong or is this a different Anubis? It's a different Anubis. <laughs> okay, I was about to say. I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, they're going to say we added to these uh, these to the full schedule from last week, so you can have one place to check to see when the next bounties are going live. 
and they're actively planning for more bounties in the future. Keep it in mind, regions, platforms, and more. If you have any suggestions, always feel free to sound off. Please remember to be respectful when visiting streams of our featured community members. You are welcome to hunt them in game, but keep it clean in chat. And even if you don't see a bounty in your game, we highly recommend you finish in the match. If you quit enough games, you may land yourself some PvP restrictions. Happy hunting. Okay, so the next thing is, uh, looks like the bugs, the, the player support team. Uh, there's a calendar change uh, with Trials Labs. Capture Zones coming back this weekend. Bonus Trials ranks will come with it. As a result, extra Nightfall rewards have been shifted to next week. Um, there's some uh, user research emails. Uh, you may have gotten some uh, in your email. Uh, they said that earlier this week, Destiny 2 players in the U.S. and Canada were sent an email and survey about a user research opportunity. Many players have reached out to us that they haven't received any kind of email from us in a long time. This could be caused for several reasons, but the best way to start receiving them again is to, uh, to your email again, is to go to your Bungie.net profile uh, settings and email and SMS. And uh, they're going to say, type in a new email. You can't use your old one and check off every box. Save the change. Note that some email domains such as iCloud may not work. And you should receive an email from us asking to, uh, you to please verify your Destiny 2 account with a link inside the email. And if you are signed into the Bungie.net account, you will be taken to a Welcome to Bungie page. And if you're not signed in, you will receive an error page. So you need to sign into your Bungie.net first before clicking the link in the email. And this should verify your email address within the system. And they're currently working to improve some of this experience so that you can see the verification in your profile settings. Uh, there's another hotfix coming up, a Destiny 2 hotfix 3.3.3.1.3. Oh, actually went live this past Tuesday to fix a few issues. Yeah. Log into your platform to begin to download. Next Tuesday, though, November 16th, Destiny 2 will undergo extended downtime again from 5.45 to 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then there's some uh, known issues that are listed below. Uh, you can feel free to uh, read them at your leisure. Uh, next up is the movies of the week. Um, we got the Titan Space Squadron uh, as the first one. And then the next one, Racing to the Witch Queen. A paint job on a car that... Wait, Cornholio, didn't you say something about this earlier? I think. Uh, you wanted to create a... Uh, do you want to yeah, say something about we that? We were talking about this earlier to... Essentially, uh, I, I had an idea to build a car and model it after a character in Destiny. I don't want to spoil it. I think they beat you to it. I don't know, man. Do they beat me to it? Oh, I, no. I think they beat you to it. Okay. <laughs> I got to see this. I, I get maybe they were like reading your mind or something. I don't know. You know, That's, I'm going to be reaching out to somebody. I mean, it's point. it's a cool looking car, though. I mean, that I that's that's impressive looking. Uh, so how do they create that? Did they like create that in, like Photoshop or something or like that's interesting? Or did they actually that, that would be really cool? If they did. Um, you know what? I think that. Um, I think I can still do it. Maybe. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I think that I think that my idea is still safe. Looking at this, I think we're okay. 
So we're not going to say more. But uh, you may be seeing something from my channel or the podcast channel. At some point, just nonchalant, something tweeted to the community. I mean, managers. the car, it looks incredible. It's a cool car. That's a yeah. really cool car. Got the Witch Queen like symbols on it and how, the Bungie how do you logo create on it. Like this. It's got to be some sort of program. 3D modeling kind of. Yeah, deal, it's got to be some or... sort of program that they used, I imagine, right? Uh, I'm not. I'm not good with that stuff, though. So, congrats to the winners. They. It looks really cool. The car. Yeah, that is pretty. <clears throat> congrats awesome. also to the artist of the week. Um, the art of the week uh, becoming a Lixney, and they also have Micah Ten as the art of the week, and also rivet very cool submissions and congrats to the winners that uh, is a cos cosplayer oh, okay yeah i very see nice. oh, oh yeah that is really cool uh so the the last uh thing that you want to say that it says uh well that was a lot of information and if you made it this far bless your heart you're our kind of people while every twab's lead up to the 30th anniversary might not have this much meat on the bone I can promise they all have plenty of gravy and stuff in. See you soon, Cosmo. That is your twab. And the cat picture at the... Oh, is there a cat picture? Yeah. See you soon. The... After see you, you, see you soon. I don't see it. I don't see the cat picture. Sound the dot. Yeah, he totally oh, did. Oh, you clicked on the dot. I, I, I clicked on the dot. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. on the dot. Oh, my God. <laughs> he loved to do that. Hi, the cat picture. <laughs> wow. Hilarious. Every oh, time. My. Oh, my. Oh, man. I'm saving this. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's epic. So, Guardians. Wow. Such a awesome twab so much information this week we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the bungee weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls tonight we're gonna kick things off with our guest mr vanguard br what would you rate this week's bungee weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls i'll give it a I will give it a five. Yeah, I was going to say, if you give it anything less than a five, I will judge you. <laughs> and I will ask Please don't do, that. don't do that. <laughs> so I really loved five. all the changes and I'm looking forward yeah. to them. Good, good update overall, right? This week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing else to be excited about. You know, no other important mentions of anything. I kid. <laughs> oh man. So Shadow Price, what about you? What would you give this week's Bungie weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls? Well, I want to give it like a four and a half because I had to read all of it. Um, and that was really <laughs> long. Um, but uh I, I give it a five just because, you know, has our man here, like on the bungee bounty, like you know, shout outs to, the, to you there. That's that's pretty awesome. You know, that you're being uh, you're going to be able to you're represented. You're going to be representing your community and everything. And I think that's amazing. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of good changes too, like in, you know, weapons and exotics and mods and, you know, like, and, and the, and the, the, the uh, emblem, <clears throat> the, uh, for, uh, transgender awareness and everything, you know, like, uh, that was I, nice. That's really nice. And it's a really beautiful emblem. I really appreciate it. Like that's, that's, you know, it's amazing. Some of these, the initiatives that Bungie does and, it's just uh it's incredible so yeah i i know last week i was uh very harsh on it gave it a two uh i'm a five this week so yeah five out of five so so bungie redeemed themselves in your book so that's that's good to see there and i think uh I think I'm going to make this a unanimous five out of five spicy tutorials from the entire panel tonight uh, I think that ultimately good weapon changes, uh, some interesting mod changes with the uh, full auto mod. So we're going to have to wait and see how that all plays yeah. out. I'm a little disappointed that Vex Mythic class got a little, little nerf, uh, but the Vanguard... I, I don't think that it, it was a hell of a nerf, but it was, I... a, it was a huge nerf, but it was a little bit you know yeah um I, I, we must use the gun to see if it is still viable but i don't think it was a great nerf yeah the weapon but let's see let's see how well, it we'll, plays we'll see what happens we'll see yeah what happens. yeah and and you know of course the vanguard br got his bungee bounty feature that's amazing that is an epic accomplishment not only that, but we have Pigeon getting uh, recognized and featured this week. So lots of really cool things happening with the Destiny community and yeah. so many deserving content creators getting their recognition and their moment to shine and represent their communities. So that's really awesome to see. Uh, so I'm going to make this a five out of five spicy tuna rolls for Cornholio. And Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. And uh, thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. Before we wrap things up, Vanguard BR, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Oh, I am here on Twitch every day. Uh, no, I, I don't... Not every day. I don't do live streams at Saturday, but I do live streams on Monday, on on Sunday. Sorry, at four p.m. on my time zone. Uh, every day at nine p.m. on my time zone too. I have a page. It's where all started. Uh, at Facebook. I use the alias, the Vanguard BR on all my social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, I think TikTok too. I don't remember if I did a account there. I was exporting my my Twitch clips for that to to there to not losing them. And. I'm always online at my social media. You can talk to me every time. I will respond to you 
when I see your message. I love to help and do whatever I can to help you in your problem with Destiny community or Destiny related or not Destiny related if I can help too. And I think that's it. Very cool. And thank you so much again for joining us tonight. It was such a pleasure to learn more about you and to get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for the invitation. And again, it's a little bit hard for me to talk in another language because I'm not very proficient in that language. But I think I've done the best I could to talk with you guys and to have a nice conversation. And I just want to thank you again for the invitation. I was a little bit nervous because I saw the date that you scheduled back there in Twitter. And I, th and I thought, man, he forgot about me. And then you came to talk to me and, oh, you're available to do the, the, our podcast at the Destiny Show. And, oh, he, he remembered. Yep. No, we, we definitely wanted to make sure to, you know, get you scheduled. And, uh, you know, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, such an honor. So thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. The honor is mine. I was flattered when you invited me because it's very hard to our community to be called to such an amazing podcast to chat with you guys and have nice conversations. It's really rare this kind of event to happen. To, and anyone invite someone from here or other country from Latin America to participate in, in such a nice show, a nice content. Thanks again for that. Well, thank you. And the honor and the pleasure is all ours. And uh, we appreciate all that you do over at the Bungie forums and just overall in the Destiny community, keeping things positive, keeping things safe, and always passing on the feedback to make Destiny a better place for all of us. So thank you for all that you do. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Thank you very much. Awesome. And Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show podcast. So much great information and uh, such an amazing guest on the show tonight. We will be back next week with another amazing guest on the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. As a reminder, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, and every major platform. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on the Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can also find us right here every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show. And Guardians, next week we have another amazing, amazing guest for you uh, on the show. So make sure to uh, stay tuned for next week's episode with the awesome Nighthawk. 
and we will be back for another conversation about all things Destiny 2. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Guardians, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone, and we will see you starside. Bye-bye. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.